The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me in the place to be, I have my boy back on the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, J.O. here in the place to be. Jay, appreciate you for coming on and appreciate all the listeners, all y'all out there standing up, listening, and continuing to show support to the show. Guys, we thank you so much. Great response from our episode last week talking about one of the greatest hip-hop release days of the 90s, if not ever. That was September 29th, 1998. As I said, we will have reviews coming up for three of those albums and at least one or two live chats about the other two albums on those days. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that. You can do that by going to vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, check out the website, check out our past interviews as well, all of our past reviews, guest spots, go to our guest page to see who's been featured on the show with us. You can also go to our merchandise store, as we said. Those of us in the East Coast as we're recording right now, getting beat down by Tropical Storm Ophelia. Temperatures drop majorly means that fall is here, summer is gone. So make sure y'all go to vaultclassicpod.com. We got long sleeve tees, we have hoodies, we have sweatshirts, everything that you need going into the fall weather, heading into winter to keep you warm and make sure that you represent us and support us as well. All the merchandise supports the show. And of course, go to our website to get to our Buy Me A Coffee page to leave a monetary donation to make sure that we can keep going to keep the vault open for many years to come. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com, vaultclassicpod.com. Now, as we always say here on the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag MBTC or nothing but the classics. And Jay wanted to bring you on to talk about this particular album that we're reviewing today because this is an album that I would say as big as any other album that we've reviewed in the last, that have come out in the last 30, 35 years or so since we started the podcast, that the profile for this album and this group has grown so much more since the release date. And we're going to go back to September 28th, 1993, and look at the debut studio album of none other than West Coast hip hop group Souls of Mischief, 93 till infinity, recorded between 1992 and 1993 at Hyde Street Studio in San Francisco, California, with a runtime of 54 minutes and 38 seconds on Jive Records. The producers on this record, the Hieroclick, Domino, Dell, the Funky Homo Sapien, A+, Casual, and Jake Biz, all producers on this effort by Souls of Mischief, 
a part of the larger West Coast collective group, Jay, Hieroglyphics. For those of us who all know that West Coast alternative and underground scene well, the Hieroglyphics crew has been a crew that has been ongoing and strong for well over 30 years now. And uh, everything all started, we would say, back in, in the early 90s with Del the Funky Homo Sapien and his classic debut album on which my brother George was still here. Ever since then, the Hieroglyphics crew has been strong and the Souls of Mischief became a part of that crew themselves out of East Oakland, California and the Bay Area, representing that Bay Area. The singles from 93 till infinity. The title track, which is now a classic and revered track in hip-hop history, 93 till infinity. The second, That's When You Lost, released May 10th, 1993, and Never No More, released in 1994. So here we are, Jay, 93 till infinity with Souls of Mischief. Uh, as we said, out of East Oakland, California, definitely alternative underground hip-hop group, part of the High Road Crew the other members of the Hyrule crew as well. Casual, we told you about Dell, Domino, DJ Torre, Pep Love, and then the members of Souls of Mischief, along with Snoop, Mike G, and Jay Biz, who are no longer members of Hyrule, but who were members of Hyrule back then. This was definitely a big project of the group. One of the biggest ones, I would say, to come out of the group since they've been in existence. It's a lot to talk about with this album because, as I said, Jay, this is an album that I think the recognition of it has raised so highly over the last few years, not only just because of the single, because people really recognize them for what they've done and what they contributed to West, not just West Coast hip hop, underground hip hop altogether. Even so much as on YouTube, there's a documentary. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. That talks about the making and the production of this album. That is an excellent documentary. Matter of fact, when we find it, we'll go ahead and we'll put the YouTube links in the show notes of this podcast. So make sure y'all definitely go check it out. But now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So, Jay, I'll start with you. Souls of Mischief, 1993, 93 till infinity. What were your thoughts when you first heard the album initially? Uh, what were your thoughts about Souls of Mischief? And then, you know, since then, how do you think this whole album has maintained in the time since it's come out? I mean, obviously the profile is raised, but what personally have you thought about it? I'll be honest, I didn't like cop the album out. Mm hmm. But like, of course, you know, like everybody else, I heard this, the single 93 till infinity and that joint, you know, it was just such a vibe. Mm, yeah. Like almost like a breath of fresh air, but given like thinking back to like 93, cause mm -hmm. I think I was just start, I had just started seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So like that time, you know, it was like, we were kind of get, like, get hit on both sides. Like, you know, like the whole G funk with the West coast and like the whole boom bap that was starting like to get the East coast back in like mm -hmm. proximity as far as they being on the radar. Yeah. So, you know, when they came out with it, that 93 until, like, I want to say it was, like, during the summer 93 when that dream dropped. So, mm -hmm. I almost compared the vibe, but I to say, like, Summertime by Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, like, a nice picnic-type joint. You could just cruise around the city, listen to it, whatever mm. the case may be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then when I actually heard the album, you know what I mean? As far as, like, in that time frame, like, production and everything like that, schemes and everything. So, you know, it was cool. But then, like, look, listen to it now. I mean, holds up. It's still, it still kind of sounds dated, in my opinion, mm. as far as okay. the production aspect of it. The production? You think the production sounds dated? Okay. Um, To, to a degree. To, to a, a degree. degree. Okay. I mean, Got it. Like, especially, I mean, I, actually, I'd probably even say, like, even then, because, like, that, I mean, people, like, that was, like, right at the tail end of people using, like, those jazzy samples to make beats. Mm hmm Yeah. Versus, like, using, like, funk, more so R&B, like, to make hip-hop beats. Like, you, you could pay, like, something, like, anything from, like, Death Row, for mm -hmm. example, with, like, all the Funkadelic stuff. Funkadelic, like, the current yeah. doggy style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To Riz using, like, you know what I'm saying, like, the Charmels for Cream, and mm -hmm. then... Different like R and B soul samples, you know. Soul what I'm samples, yeah, exactly. Like those jazzy joints, like you yeah, know what I'm saying? like a lot of artists using back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's that's why I said the data aspect comes in. But then, I mean, it's kind of like, especially like this some, some of the stuff that's out now is like still kind of sounds like almost like like Shakespeare. You know mm, what I'm saying? Mm, true, true. Yeah, nah, definitely understand that. They sampled a lot on this record from mm-hmm. the jazz label CTI, so they played a lot of the same jet like the jazz records from the same label, and they used that to produce. They loop tracks playing it obviously at 45 rpm they were obviously very inspired by groups like a tribe called quest and de la soul during this time where they were both i want to say at their peak but kind of like at their peak especially tribe was ascending at this point because they were getting ready to release what i think was their best album at least my favorite album by them which was midnight marauders and they were the king of using the jazz beats you know tribe called quest was yeah and even with the uh, midnight marauders i think even like they were kind of like going in a different direction they were so most of the r&b joints r&b yeah Mm -hmm. true Nah, this is true. Now, I had a late pass on them, <laughs> on <laughs> Souls of Mischief, and I had a late pass, I would say, on Hyro. I mean, the first time that I heard anything by anyone from Hyro was Third Eye Vision in 98, right? And it's because I had a friend of mine in high school. Like high school, we had these rap students and guys who were there that had the eclectic rap taste, right? So you have everybody, obviously, who's in all the stuff that everyone else is in. Then you have the ones who are in the underground, right? And then within those sects of underground fans, you have people who are into different types of underground rap. So you had the guys who liked the raucous stuff. You had the guys who liked stuff with, you know, with Stone's Throw. You had the guys who were into this. And then you had these guys who were like into like the, what Hyro was doing in, in Oakland. They were really into big West Coast underground rap. And it was crazy that when I heard Third Eye Vision and then I was like, well, damn, there's a lot of people on this record. And I started looking into who was a part of the records, and that's when I was introduced to Souls of Mischief. I mean, shoot, I was introduced to Del the Funky Almost Sapien during that time as well. Then I started to go back and listen to some of the things that, that Del had put out during the early 90s, knowing that I had to go back and listen to 93 Till Infinity with Souls of Mischief because that was the one that everybody was telling me. All the underground guys who were big in the underground West Coast stuff were telling me I need to go listen to 93 Till Infinity. So I did. The single I remember, I mean, because I remember being seeing that video for that and then also the hearing the single right around that time, like you said, summer 93. And I remember that being a vibe. But past that, I didn't heard much about Souls of Mischief until Mm -hmm. it was high school. Then I go back and listen to the album. The album to me, you said, was sort of a breath of fresh air. When you think about it, listening to the album, I was really surprised coming to find it out that one, they were all like 18, 19 years old, like not even 20 yet when this album came out. Right. And they have worked on and produced this album, helped to produce this album being very, very, like I would say young, you know, even in a rap game. Right. That was the great thing I think about the rap game back then. You would have incredible work by people in the hip hop game when they were like teenagers, not even a like fully grown, able to consume alcohol adults yet and would come out with amazing stuff. Right. When they were 18 and 19 years old, right, I man, felt that, like that, that was, <laughs> that's how it could be a whole nother part. Um, a whole nother episode right there. Oh like, man. <laughs> 18 and 19 year olds back then versus the stuff that's coming out. Stuff now. that's coming out now. Exactly, man. Like the stuff that they could come up with and then think about what they were doing on the equipment that they were using too. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to get records. Like they, I said, they use, the jazz record from that label CTI and use a lot of them to loop and be able to use those real vintage analog equipment to be able to create the type of sound that they had the beat wise I know you said like in a certain type of mode it sounded a little dated to you in some respect I guess I can see where you're coming from with that but then I also think that it was kind of something different than what I think everyone else was doing on the west coast let's just talk about the west coast period and we're talking about California 
Right. Southern California is mostly G-Funk, right? I mean, it's it's deep and heavy into it. It's Above the Law. It's Dre, Snoop Dogg. Everything's Death Row. A DJ Quick. You know, all these folks who are deep into G-Funk right around this particular time. Then you go into Oakland. And then in Oakland, of course, who's running Oakland during this time in 93? Short Dog. E-40, Looney's was getting ready, coming up during this time, Spice One, Drew Down, all, I can keep running running down the list, right? What you know Oakland hip-hop to be. They were sort of the alternative to all of those things, so they needed to be able to set themselves up in sort of a point of differentiation, and that was that type of hip-hop that they did. It was the jazz beats that, yes, sounded a little vintage, probably even sounded a little old school for that time period, but then it was also the lyrics too, right? They can get busy on the mic. And that's the one thing that I think to me, I appreciated about them more than anything else is MCs, they were exceptional. And their wordplay and flow was, to me, I thought was great. And it was something different than what you got from anywhere else in Oakland and the Bay Area and anything else that you were hearing on the West Coast. Even if you look at the other underground folks during that time period from the 90s, right? Anyone who was alternative from the far side to the alcoholics and liquid crew to... Anyone who was a part of Jurassic 5, Dilated Peoples, they really gave you a point of differentiation. And what impressed me was their very types of subject matter. Yeah, they rapped about how dope they were lyrically, but then they also, the subject matter on this album got me. The fact that they talked about things like when keeping it real goes wrong, right? <laughs> you know, talking about, you know, things about, bam, not strapping up. Then all of a sudden you got HIV and you caught something from a shorty because you wasn't careful. Talking about the fact that one of the members in, in Souls of Mischief, their their mother um, was actually entered in a drive-by shooting and talking about the type of car that they saw that left the shooting to the person who did it. And going through the emotions of what happens and going through that, right? It was like everyday people, right? These were like guys who I think were a lot like, more like me and my friends than the general rap stars that existed during that time, right? They weren't people who were sounding inaccessible. They were sort of relatable in that sense. And they had dope-ass rhymes. And from what I could hear, pulling up what I could pull up, when they freestyled on the radio, especially they were big on Sway and Tech during that time, they would go and get on the radio, freestyle, and get busy. You know what I mean? So it was everything that you loved about 90s hip-hop and an underground hip-hop and alternative hip-hop gave you everything that you loved. And that's what I loved about the Souls of Mischief. And in listening to this album, I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a throwback really to what the early days of, I think, when sampling really sort of picked up, right? And like, I would say in its heyday in the late 80s into the early 90s. But I thought that was a little bit of a breath of fresh air. And to be quite honest, the production on here to me, I thought kind of harken back to a lot of like what we heard on the East Coast, like you said. It did sound a lot like what you were hearing from early Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Prince Paul, that type of sort of production. And to me, I thought that was cool, considering that everybody had sort of pigeonholed the West Coast in this one or two things of what they thought it was. And they were like, nah, we don't fit in that. We fit in what we want to fit in. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Highlights and lowlights. So Jay, your highlights and lowlights from 93 to Infinity, what you got? Of course, you know, the lead single 93 to Infinity, like I said, that's, that was a vibe like, mm-hmm. still is a vibe to this day. I would say something was summertime as far as like being, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm really capturing the essence. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, what a way to go out. Mm, yeah. 
uh, probably like Tell Me Who Profits. Mm, yeah, yeah. This is how we do. Mm-hmm. The name I call myself. Oh, and um, of course, Limitations. Mm, yes. Because yeah. I think like all of us, anybody that's embraced the art of him seeing us yeah. say like certain people need to know their limitations. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which could be another podcast. Yeah, it could be another podcast. Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, Dell Dell was on that track, and I loved at the end of the joint when he said, "Yo, if I see y'all sucker SMCs out here, man, I'ma punch you in your nose." <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Any low lights for you on here? Um, not particularly by track. But I mean, like I said, low. I mean, what would, I guess you could consider a low light is just like the production aspect I was speaking about earlier. Sure, mm-hmm, but okay. again, that's just my opinion. Like, I mean, uh, but not, nothing like to say like. All this track, man, they could have left that on the cutting room floor or something like that, but mm-hmm. nothing to that, not to that degree. Degree, yeah, like a track. To me, I have a few highlights on here as well. I did like the second track, Live and Let Live. Everybody, I thought, got busy on that. This is how we do. I love the beat, and I love the verses that were on there. I love Never No More because I love the wordplay on that, and I thought that when I was listening to that joint, I was just like, yeah, this is the type of the type of shit that I can get down with, you know? And that leads you into 93 Till Infinity, which is the ultimate highlight from this one. I mean, you talked about it, Jay. It is a track that continues to endure for 30 plus years now. And it's a song that when we listen to it now, it's just like, wow, man, we really had a gem back then. And I do think a lot of people kind of slept on it initially. Hence the reason why it's become so popular now, I would say within the last decade, because people understand how dope that song was. And that, that sample you know, and then the, the the hook and what they're talking about, the feeling. Yes. I had someone tell me to your point, Jay, they were like, yo, when it comes to summertime stuff, you know, they was like, yo, we're for real. Somebody said, y'all might think it's not summertime until you hear summertime by Will Smith. He said, to me, it ain't summertime until I hear 93 till infinity. So I was like, word, that that's what's up. That just kind of tells you sort of what the reputation a song has and what it means to some people. Um, definitely limitations. What a way to go out, really. Like I said, this is the what happens when keeping it real goes wrong, right? And it tells you about these different situations they put themselves in. And, hey, this is the way that I'm going to go out. And if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go this way. But the ironic part about it is it isn't necessarily going out in a blaze of glory where you think you're being hailed as some martyr or some sort of hero. And it's kind of like, damn, dog, you did some sucker shit just now. And now you're gone because of it, right? Like, right. what a way to go out, honestly. And then to end that song, which to me, I thought was the one that kind of threw the curveball, is him talking about Shorty pulling out a condom, obviously, that it dried up, but he went <laughs> ahead and put it on anyway. For what reason? We don't know why. Like a dummy. Then he catches a cold a year later and finds out he got HIV, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, seriously. Right. Like, yo, you should have just tossed that bad boy and ran down to the corner store and got yourself a fresh rubber dog. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. man. That shit was a, it wasn't going to work, man. It wasn't going to work. But it, those are the type of songs like that that I think is is a part of the breath of fresh air of this album, right? And but getting in a little bit deeper into it, when you hear about songs about anything can happen, that's where we talked about the whole portion about recalling that drive-by shooting that injured one guy's mother and it killed one of their friends. And talks about, you know, the things that can possibly happen, knowing that at any point in time, it can all be over. Something can happen and it changes your life or the life of people around you. Part of the relatability part of it as well. And then tell me who profits. I mean, great. <laughs> I love the fact that that song was one of the, the last songs that they actually had on the album. Because, I mean, let's be real. <laughs> you know, it, it was true back then what they were talking about in regards to 
you know, tell me who profits off of all these things that happens, right? Like what, these are the type of shady and shicey things that happen, right? And who benefits as a result of us? Anybody but us. Yeah, I mean, the production-wise, like I said, I mean, I think to me it was something that was a bit of a fresh air. Not really any low lights on here. There are some tracks that I like a lot more than others, but I think for the most part, a very solid, solid album. It is an effort that I say, man, when we look at it, it's something that I'm like, wow, you know, to think that they were, again, 18 and 19 years old, a lot of them very, very young in the studio getting busy. And you think about, bam, what we got at our disposal now and it's people that can't even make <laughs> creatively almost half as good stuff as it was that they had back then, you know? So this is just a testament to the time. Notable quotables. So, Jay, what you got for notable quotables on 93 Till Infinity? Like we were talking about throughout the whole journey, like it'd be um, what a way to go out with yeah. OPO's verse. Okay. Yeah. You know I'm saying? Holy mackerel. The girl got the fat booty. Mm-hmm. The Pam Greer, these niggas are square. Mm-hmm. So I stepped near with no fear. I drive a Lexus. She got the Nexus flowing hair. To make a nigga want to stay, casting over. Then I drove her to my castle. Got the freak undressed with no hassle. The butt was firm, made the funky worm stiffen. Reached my condom, damn, a fat ripping. The packaging and lubrication was all dried up. Mm. Hoping that the rubber don't ride up. Posted in the wallet for eons, and neon green was faded. Broken the first stroke, I should have waited. Mm-hmm. A year later, caught the flu from Sonya. Shot to the clinic, they said it was pneumonia caused by HIV breaking down the immune system. Damn, it was my motherfucking man. Damn, I miss him. Like, yeah. I mean, of course, that was like at the, at the height of like, you know what I'm saying? Remember like AIDS H-A-A's awareness. AIDS awareness, like man. It definitely was, bro. Oh, man. Yeah. That definitely, like I said, that was the curveball in that joint. Because every single one of it, the verses before, they talked about somebody meeting some sort of violent end, right? Or some sort of like dubious end being locked up, getting killed, you know, killing somebody. And then all of a sudden it's like, and then this one throws you a loop. Like Shorty actually... Something that was so, so avoidable, you could have got a condom or a proper one and avoided you getting some daggone HIV. Or you could have just left Shorty there and not even did it in the first place. You know what I mean? So anyway, but just go to shot like the height of what HIV was back then. It was like, yo, you see Shorty, she looked like this, everything good, good. And it was all about, hey, wrap it up, protect yourself. You know what I mean? And, and so that really was a thing back then. And a lot of the music. Because it was an epidemic in our community, though, for real. Like, you know, so. Yeah, and it's like, and it makes me wonder, like, I mean, I don't even wonder, like, people even catch STDs anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. reason I'm saying it was because, like, nobody even talks about it, like, you know, back then. Yeah. You know, people still out here, like, lunching, wilding out, like, you know what I'm saying? All that type of stuff. Like, yeah. It's like that was that was a, that's what kept me in check back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. fear that I was more scared of that than getting the girl pregnant. Exactly. You're right. So exactly. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> people still are, man. It's just it's it's what it is that people are, are very on the download about it. If they do, they stay quiet about it. But the stats and numbers don't lie. People are still catching STDs mm-hmm. nowadays, bro. They are because people, some people still haven't learned their lesson, unfortunately. So my notable quotable comes from the first verse on Never Know More by Tajai that kicks everything off. And, you know, I really liked it more so just because of his wordplay and his flow. And he said, message recorded, lesson be stored in this mental core. It's like lentil porridge. Nasty. Massy. Be the last G from medical text to class me. Ask me if I had to grip my pad. The riffs I grip and stab would rip and drab. The kids are sad. The shit that's driving flavorless and reckless. Your bestest behavior gets the plays, the hits, displays the shits. A raver gets the palate mist and later splits. A Philly that I made you hit. A relief that gave the kids when I punched them. I crunch men at a function, you know? Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it just, <laughs> I, I, I love what he said here. He's just like, you know, ask me if I had to grip my pad. The riffs I've grabbed would rip and stab the kid that's sad. The shit that's drab. 
and flavorless and reckless. Your bestest behavior gets play the hits, displays the shits, the razor gets played amidst the latest splits of Philly that I made you hit. Because <laughs> everybody was on Phillies back then, bruh. <laughs> everybody, everybody was on Phillies back then. It kind of makes me think when I listen to rap back in the days, I'm like, yo, like, Everybody was on Phillies back then. Was nobody fucking with Dutch Masters or Vegas or any of them other shits? I'm guessing not because every rapper was talking about rolling something up in the Philly. And I think I mentioned that to somebody the other day and they was like, yo, man, maybe it was the fact that Phillies was the cheapest shit out there. You know what I mean? So if you got the sack or something and you needed to roll it up, Philly only cost you maybe 50 cent. I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think people got on like Dutch. It's like like maybe mid nineties or so, mm-hmm. from what yeah. I can recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Philly. Yeah, Philly. Hopefully, hopefully was paying them. Yeah, I know, right? Promotion. Yeah, Phillies. <laughs> Phillies made some money. Phillies and Dutch Masters made some money off of rappers promoting their products, probably for free, bro. <laughs> like no lie, man, man. Branding and branding. Make sure that you brand yourself, especially now that. Marijuana is becoming legal in so many states. Make sure that y'all do that. Get y'all paper, bro. <laughs> Get y'all paper. Exactly. Final verdict. So, Jay, final verdict on Souls of Mischief, 93 to Infinity. Is it a classic to you? Is it an essential album to you? Is it just dope? Is it good or just okay or worse than that? I'm going to say essential. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm saying because, like, of course, like, you to Infinity is head and then to listen to like you know everything else i mean even though i said what i said about the outro production mm-hmm. it's still solid you know what i'm saying in my, in my opinion so yeah yeah i say it's essential as far as like especially if you, if you really like a student of like i want to say northern california hip-hop but like i guess oakland hip-hop oakland hip-hop yeah yes i would say they still they're not some group you just toss to the side you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they're definitely essential yeah i would have to agree with you there and say it's an essential album as well I think that this album, to me, you can't have the conversation about this year in particular without them, right? You can't have this conversation about 1993 without talking about Souls of Mischief and 93 Till Infinity, the song or the album. I mean, when you think about it and going back to that time, it really does give you a perspective when you talk about Oakland hip-hop as well. To your point, Jay, it re- you can't have a conversation without them as well, and even though the Bay Area has its full, a far number of legends, right? I mean, we talked about all the legends I've named earlier on. Right. They're right up there with them. I mean, you look at a point to where now they have, we talked about this before we got on, their Hyro Day. They have their Hyro Day usually before Labor Day weekend or on Labor Day weekend every year. And this has been going on now for years now. And I was looking on the website, HyroDay.com. And they had their Hyro Day earlier this year. It's been a big event. People love it. People travel to Oakland to go take a part of being a part of Hyro Day. So that just gives you, this, shows you the staying power, man, at a group and a collective, Souls of Mischief, Hieroglyphics, that the staying power for them to have a festival for Hyro Day every single year just goes to let you know that, you know, hey, this has staying power. And this was a part of making them big. And Souls of Mischief afterwards didn't really didn't do anything big in regards to releasing albums after this that kind of like really struck a chord just like this afterwards it was kind of like yeah everything was kind of on the i would say the the downfall but this was an album that you got you can't have a conversation about hip-hop in 93 without 93 till infinity and souls of mist it's an essential album and hyro definitely was a group and a collective that when you're talking about underground hip-hop and west coast underground hip-hop you can't have the conversation without including them as well so shout out to souls of mischief hyro del the funky homo sapien and all the crew out there 
93 till infinity y'all make sure y'all go check it out 30 years old this week make sure you hit us up on social media to continue the conversation what do y'all remember about 93 till infinity what are some of your favorite tracks and if you're from that area man hit us up from oakland man like what are your the things that you remember about their come up if you were outside and around during that time that you remember about high roll and also about souls of mischief so hit us up on social media let's continue the conversation we love to keep it going and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.